after Johnson. Johnson still going. Oh, good. Welcome back. Surly Talk Sports. Another huge week ahead. Plenty of boxes to tick as we preview and review the week's sporting action and discuss the biggest topics in the world of sports. It was a big weekend for me last weekend. Of course, Friday night, the Levels lads were in town. We'll touch on that soon. Certainly did push the boat out, though. Fair to say that Warriors win. Again, another roller coaster. Emotional stuff. SJ with the drop goal. Maratania Kore with the try to put the icing on the cake. And that kicked off one of the great steam ups for me. You can't not go out, sink a couple tins and celebrate that victory. You're only human. So big Friday night into Battle of the Bridge and then Northcote prize giving on the Saturday. Pleased to report though, no benderitis this week. The voice, she's held up in good tact. Batteries are recharged, ready to go again, starting tomorrow night with the mighty Waz. Can't wait for that game. And if you're heading along, see you there. But of course, plenty boxes to tick. Like I said, we've got the Waz full NRL review and preview. The All Blacks weekly wrap, plenty to cover there. UFC, women's soccer, football, FIBA World Cup, all go. Plus, the Q&A, she's back. I remember to chuck up the questions box on my story. And they came in left, right and centre. So we'll rip into those before we wrap her up. So without further ado, let's get into it and talk some sport. How good. 25 rounds deep now into the greatest competition of all, the NRL. Just two to go before we get into finals footy. And of course, great news, Warriors fans. We are locked in and a win this week. would see us locked into the top four as well. You gotta fucking love that. But before we rip into last week's results and of course preview this week, just a quick shout out, a bit of a RIP, rest in peace to the young lad Kyle Turner. Incredibly tragic news. Just 31 years young, of course, applied his trade at the Bunnies, won a comp there in his debut season back in 2014, 91 games for South and this is a tragedy still unconfirmed but it appears to have been unfortunately another suicide so a good time to remind people listening and it isn't easy to hear but if you are struggling with your mental health and it happens to all of us no one is immune then please reach out and talk to someone whether it be your family, mates or a professional service because things like this incredibly heartbreaking and it's happening all too often in today's society. Truly tragic stuff. We'll kick off though with Thursday night with of course the Cowboys going down at home to the Sharks. 32 points to 12. The Sharks, they're back now it appears. All the way humming. Connor Tracy, Tricky Trindle, they've been huge injections to bring in the best back out of Nico Hines. He's back to being hot again. Interesting to see what they do when Will Kennedy is back fit and available. Of course he's been their star fullback all year round. Tracy though, the way he runs, inspiration stuff. Got to say as well, speaking of running hard, Tommy Hazelton, big fan of his work in the middle, a real nut trucker of note, counts a dead set ringer for Marco Merely, looks almost more like Ogre than Ogre did himself, but he's a great footballer, 
Good to see him ripping in, bringing back the old bald into a headband. Of course, Jazz Tavanga, a big fan of it. And he's got a bit of that jazz mentality about him too. Huge win for the Sharkies, now entrenched in the top eight. And look in that finals thread again, come the business end of the season. Friday night footy, and shit was it a doozy. Warriors 29, Manly 22. So let's go on a deep dive. I'll kick you off with a bit of a game day rundown because she was a little different for me. Shot in early Arvo to film a potty of course with the levels lads great to meet them too Justin the scope Poro and the OG Wurumu Willie Mason gotta say two top shelf blokes how they appear on the podcast is exactly how they are in real life they're fucking huge as well especially Big Willie he is a monster lives up to that nickname not quite as big as a Johnson but he is a Big Willie one big human being the scope he's no slouch either a tall fella both of them imposing bodies but really enjoyed yarning to them if you haven't tuned into that on the one take podcast already then make sure you do it's a good footy chat talk through a bit of their careers and then just their thoughts on the Warriors so far this year good to see they're all aboard as well couldn't get Willie to ripping up the Waz unfortunately that's still a work in progress but a bloody good chat post the pod managed to chill with them for a few hours prior to kickoff too chew the fat and talk all things life so shout out to them hopefully we see them back across the ditch again shortly and it was great to hear on their pod just how much they love the game day experience and the hospitality from the Waz top shelf stuff onto the game big win and another win we wouldn't have banked in previous years first time since 2002 we've gone six on the trot and while it wasn't 100% pretty manly they were certainly up for it and they came to play and you have to keep in mind these teams we're playing at the moment they're bottom eight footy sides they have nothing to lose they're in full fuck it footy mode gearing up for mad monday both figuratively and literally so your manly and your tigers of the world they'll throw all sorts of stuff at you a bit out the box i was talking to jazz about it he referred to it like playing a team in touch that truly doesn't know what the fuck they're doing it's not your usual type of game you can't go into the grind and the arm wrestle structure alone purely won't beat them and it makes it bloody hard to defend and get into the grind with them so a good win two points and great to see the place sold out and humming pretty standard run-of-the-mill stuff for us this year in terms of your standouts I thought Dallin and Adam they were the two that really led us to victory you can chuck Tohu in there as well for a bloke that's held together by multiple rolls of strapping tape he gets through a mountain of work every week it was good to see just the one knee strap this week but I did notice he's played it off with a bit of a new one on his hand so the bloke still loves a physio table Dallin three tries one of which the second one that was a pure piece of individual brilliance and that showed he's more than just the game's best finisher in my humble opinion anyway bumps off poor old Jake Arthurs gives the hit and spin move on the rest of the defenders and then crosses the chalk draped in manly defenders he had no right scoring that one racked up 175 meters seven tackle breaks 15 mullet swishes in the Auckland Friday night breeze beautiful stuff and on that actually stay tuned believe he's working on his own shampoo at the moment so keep your eyes peeled for that 
AFB. And it's funny, when watching this game live, I kind of got the impression she was a bit of a quieter night for Eden. Maybe watching on the TV sets, you guys got the full picture, but it was a monster night from the best prop in the game. Shit, was I wrong with that take. 71 minutes, so back-to-back weeks, clocking over 70. 24 carries for 193 run meters, 65 PCMs, his ball playing on point as well, which is what separates him from the others, your Payne Haas, James Fisher, Harrison Coat was outstanding from Big Denny, the fact he's played in every game so far this season, elite level propping. Then Chance, I thought he was great as well and of course the one thing, the main talking point that's come from this game involving him was that shot on Ruben Garrick. I feel sorry for Chance, nicest bloke ever and of course there was no intent in that tackle which is probably why we got away with no penalty. They played the knock on on Rubes because he dropped it once he hit the deck in pain. A bit rough on reflection but good to see the refereeing a call finally go our way for once. I feel sorry for Rubes then it should be a rule that is looked at because a rule's a rule. It wasn't a penalty. You're not able to jump up when the ball's been on the ground like that into contact. Chance was certainly not in the wrong. You could tell, like I mentioned, no malice in it. He was just flying through, looking to compete. He wanted to smoke Garrick. He ended up doing that in the air. But again, wrapped his arms, played everything by the law book, and it is what it is. Garrick a fractured back. So that certainly adds to the pain of this one. And it was a crucial moment too, you know, Notice when Marata went through for that game-winning try, Garrick had nothing in him. The bloke tried to play on, but he wasn't able to chase down Marata. Not that he would have caught him anyway. Fastest second rower in the game, you heard it here first. But I thought Chance was great throughout this game, and that really does highlight for me just how important his presence is to this team. Our right edge is humming on attack when he is at the back. The passing game is combo with SJ is elite. And add to that... 183 run meters, zero errors, safe as houses, only one of three starters with zero on the night actually. I love your chance, you're playing some outstanding code and I can't wait to see you lead us along with the other stars of course all the way to the grand final. Of course she wasn't all sunshine and rainbows defensively, that edge looks worrying. Metcalf, Pompey, Montoya just not quite collected with their middle four. As a result Saab came away with a triple meaty, got skinned on that edge. Marcelo, he's the one getting caught out of position but it's all as a result of lads missing their assignments inside item so to the Facebook comment warriors don't try blame it all on Mars he's on a string those defenders as soon as someone goes in or makes a poor read those guys outside they've got to try jamming and shut it down the submarine he isn't someone you can give an inch to or he'll take a mile so it's definitely something we need to look to shore up moving forward when you look at the Bronx etc they'll skin us there as well our connections as that outside four linking with our middle four no doubt Webby he's been crunching the tape all week long though fine tooth comb and I expect a much better showing from that edge this week interesting too Joshy Curran coming in for Jackson Ford I wonder if that's a bit of an adjustment maybe Kaza has a bit more chat to him this week will be a good test as well up against Lomax and Ravalawa on that side so another tough gig but overall two points a historic win for our club we tie that record I don't think since 95 was the last time it was done before 2002 as well so a couple historic years there and on we march up 
a mighty was. Following that as well, we had the Roosters taking on the Eels from beaten grand finalists to missing the eight. She's troubling times at Parramatta. How good. 34 points to 12 at Combank. She finished. The Roosters now looking every bit of final side. Have they left their run too late? Let's wait and see. Of course, no James Tedesco this week. We'll touch on that soon. Out with concussion. Up against the dangerous Tigers side as well. But they certainly look every bit the real deal. They always peek around this time of year and it set us up for a mouth-watering clash up against the Bunnies next weekend. Super Saturday, triple header, first game of the night and I called her a poo slinger, 14th versus 17th last week but it was actually a pretty entertaining game to watch with the Tigers getting the win, 24 points to 23 off the back of a 78th minute penalty nudge from the great man Uppy Cottesau, lined up in the 7 jersey of course Brooksy unable to lace up, he was able to accept the barbecue though we'll touch on that soon Dane Laurie I tell you what if I'm the Tigers and I'm fair dinkum about having a crack next year and not winning a third straight spoon I'd be offering this guy whatever it takes to backflip on his move to Penrith the kid can play at this stage he'd be lucky to crack their bench as well so you lure the carrot with him big bickies chuck a bit of coin at him promise him the starting six jersey and see what happens that would be exciting for the Tigers but like I mentioned Brooksy not on the park but he was out on the park pre-game got gifted a barbecue for his 11 years of service and not just that it was a barbecue with a nice little plaque engraved a great touch and that really does drive the value up as well it's not cheap going to miss a minute to get something like that stuck on your barbie these days what was a tight display from them though the fact that barbecue did not come with a gas bottle that is a stitch up the poor bloke couldn't even spark her up live on the field give it a test run fair to say brooksy thought it was a bit of a stitch up thought it was a piss take even at one stage opened the lid just after they'd given it to him he thought he was getting pranked he thought maybe cheeky little rolex under the lid let's have a look wasn't to be you could see benji marshall cracking up as well what a shit show the Tigers are. And saying that though, he has been invoicing them for over a million dollars a year and probably underperforming over the course of the contract as a whole. So he did get the last laugh and on goes Brooksy. 11 years at the Tigers, one of the greats and bloody good on him. Your second game, Panthers get the dub over the Titans, making it 17 from 22 this year with a comfortable win, 40 points to 14 in the GC. It was another week though where they got the win but they didn't play their best code they've looked a little lackluster over the last month the next two weeks are going to be bloody interesting watching starting of course with tonight they've got two decent opponents and saying that I just said Paris sucks, so maybe just the one next week. They're still the best team in the comp, you'd have to say, but I reckon if we meet them in the finals and they're playing the way they are, we can get them for sure. Webby will have something up his sleeve. I just thought the Titans, again, another display of fuck it footy from them. Kick early, trap them, throw all sorts of different shit at them. And you can rattle the Panthers, which was good to see. Your last game on your Super Saturday, the Storm scraping home against the Red V. Our opponents for this week, 38 points to 28 at one stage they were down 18 rugby league points to four before they turned on the Jets she was a bit of an off performance from Melbourne as well they seem to be showing up every fortnight consecutive weeks a bit of a relief teacher shift maybe they show up this weekend and put on a clinic Super Sunday Knights get the win 29 points to 10 over the Bunnies in front of a packed McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle I've been saying it over the last couple weeks and I'll double down on it again I think the Knights are 
so incredibly similar to the Warriors this year. Pack stands, diehard fans, regardless of results, over the course of the last few years, they always show up and rip in. And it seems like their footy shape and structure is really similar to ours as of late as well. They've clocked up seven straight now, playing some good code. Their edge as well, humming on attack. Greg Marju, he grabbed three in the first half. And KP, he's just pulling the strings perfectly, making every trip a winner. Three weeks now, no try to Tommy Young. Old Jurex, he's in a real drought and he'll be itching to fix that. That kid, he's still tied though with the Knights try scoring record for a single season. So he'll want to tick that box before he departs to the Roosters. For the Bunnies, shit, there's trouble at Mill. We're hearing rumours now. Sammy Burgess, well, that's not a rumour. He is gone, been shown the boot. Him and Morris, the two assistants. Apparently Burgess, he's been going into the sheds trying to alpha blokes, calling them out left, right and centre, saying they're soft, ripping into them for always being on the physio table and not training hard. So great to see that seems like true Sammy Burgess behaviour. Trail Mitt, he picks up the ban as well. One game and a real grubby move. Came down with the elbow on Frizzell. The contact wasn't bad, but it's the thought and the intent that counts. And I love Trail as a player and as a bloke. Seems like a good guy off the field. Does a lot for Aboriginal and Indigenous Australia. And he always seems to have time for the kids and whatnot. Of course, one of the greats when he laces up in the sky blue, the mighty New South Wales and what he can do on his day. One of the freakiest talents we have ever seen play the greatest game of all but it's actions like this that make it incredibly hard to defend the bloke especially dumb grubby shit like that and I tell you what the bunnies they have a lot of grub in them between him Cody Walker and co they love a bit of push and shove they always seem to get into it especially when the chips aren't stacking in their favor disappointing stuff from the bunnies they get the bye this week so maybe that's come at the perfect time they can sort their shit out in-house try toughen up a bit and find that earlier season form it's crazy to think they were leading the comp at one stage earlier this year and looking every bit of premiership threat now they could miss the eight it all comes down to that barnstormer against their old rivals next weekend can't wait for that and then the final game of the round Raiders win 34 points to 24 over the Doggies. Surprise, surprise, they still count 13 plus a team this year. Up by 18 points with a minute to go. It was almost like Ricky Stewart said, hold your horses, lads. Let's not go too big here and fix our woeful points differential. They concede a converted try right on the hooter to make her in that 1 to 12 region. Gotta love that. Great for the punters as well. A strong performance from Jordan Rapana and an important two points for them as they pretty much cement themselves into finals footy. I think a win this week locks them in. So well done to the Green Machine. But on to this week we march the penultimate round of NRL. Round 26. We're almost there ladies and gentlemen. How good. Thursday night doozy. A repeat of last year's grand final but I think this result will be incredibly similar as well. The Panthers taking on the Eels out there in the Rith. A place they simply don't lose. Brian Toto he comes back in after being rested last week. Jack Cogger, he remains at hooker. Zach Hosking, son of Mike in the second row with not many Mitch Kenny and Scotty Sorensen both still sidelined for Para. Big in. Shawnee Lane comes back with that crook elbow. Good to see him and Brendan Hands. Some of the slickest hands in the game. They come in to the 17. Joe Offahengawe drops back to the pine. Ryan Madison gets the start in the second row. It all looks alright on paper. Still no Mitchie Moses though in this Panthers side. I think they're going to want to prove a point. Of course, Jerome Luai, he's Parramatta's daddy as well. 
I'm expecting a big win. I tell you what, there'll be some big collisions through the middle though. Leota, Fisher, Harris, Spencer, Lenu, up against Junior Bolo, Regan Campbell, Gillard, Madison, and Hopgood. Licking your lips at that one if you love a bit of contact. Friday night footy, main event, fire up Mount Smart, 8 pm kickoff out there at the Fortress, the greatest stadium of all. Final regular home season game, sold out not long after full time last week, I believe, as well. She's the hottest ticket in town. I actually saw tickets on Trade Me going for over 400 bucks for three of them to this game. Had over 40 bids already as well. So she's legit. That is truly wild. If you haven't been to a game this year, it's well worth it. The game day experience is second to none. Halftime laser show last week. The tunes are banging the crowd. Fuck, we get into it. It's such a pleasure to watch. They do the blackouts on the Friday night. The lads run out. Hissing lighting show. The place just erupts and the boys visit. Says it grows them an extra leg. The Spywa men, they are growing in serious numbers each week. And their sign game is fucking on point as well. This week there's fireworks. A bit of a 95 tribute video as well up on the big screen. She's all go. Even Stephen Adams was in the sheds last week. Crazy stuff. And of course, milestone week this week. Can't wait for this. Tohu, the great man, Skip. His 100th game, he's dotted down the last two games as well, so can he make it three straight? On the night, he lifts his bat for the Waz. SJ's 250th as well. Of course, not long ago, he raised his 200th for the mighty Waz. Got some stats for you on him as well. Of course, 206, I think it is now, for the Warriors. 44 of the best at the Sharkies. Boy, do I wish he never left and all 250 were at the one club. But hey, water under the bridge. In terms of that, though, 249 games, 82 tries 530 goals yes I went through and added them all up 1,398 total points 77,489 kick meters and this year is actually his personal best in season total 11,381 already his next highest was back in 2017 season was 7,627 so he's pissed that in 207 try assists and it's also his try assist PB this year with 20 25. His next best was 23 at the Sharkies back in 2020. 3,713 tackles made. Shit, he's been good in that department this year too. 183 force dropouts. One Dallium incoming to match his golden boot. A win percentage of just shy of 50%. 118 wins throughout his career. Boy, do we love the Prince of Penrose. You could argue this season is his best. Playing his best code. Ticking boxes and leading our great club all the way to the place it deserves to be. Unreal stuff. And other team news, of course, Joshy Curran, the one change. Otherwise, Webby's gone with the same 17. It's a bit of a switcheroo for Jackson Ford. Old Jacko coming up against his old club, but he's going to have to make the impact from the pine. Interesting to see if this was a defensive mood. Got to say, Jacko's been playing 80 minutes week in and week out, though. So maybe it's just an opportunity to lower the minutes. Bit of a Kawhi Leonard minutes restriction and freshen up his rig without taking him fully out of the contest. Good news as well. Good to see Tamide Martin named on the extended bench. He's going to play his first game since breaking his leg against Newcastle in round six. That hip drop, which went unpunished. Still sickening stuff to look at the replay. But that's what the Waz were up against back then, early on in the competition. Good to see him back, though. He is named in the sixth jersey to play for the New South Wales Cup, which he will do. Also great to see Braden Villiame back in that cup side as well. Another lad who's been out for a long time. 
battling with injury, two great inclusions, working their way back to full health. You need your top squad, 1-30, to 30, all fit and firing. Create that depth, that competition for spots, and ensure our trainings are as highest quality as possible as we draw ever so closer. For the Dragons, Zaki Lomax, unfortunately he returns at centre. Bloody good footballer, and like I mentioned, that edge with Ravalawa is going to be dangerous. Jacob Little, he gets the start at hooker, but he may swap with young Connor right before kickoff as well. Overall though, St. George, they're not a team to underestimate and they won't roll over. I think their last seven games, they've lost all of them, but it hasn't been by more than 12 points. So they love getting in the contest. They were up 18-4 against the Storm last week, as I mentioned. Still plenty of weapons. Benny Hunt, that forward pack goes pretty hard. Blake Laurie, he loves rolling up the sleeves and getting down and physical. So no doubt Adam, Bunty and co will have their night cut out with him. Overall though, I just want to see us get the win. Come away with the two points, secure that top four position, keep the pressure on the Broncos. We have two pretty hard games coming up. If they drop one, it'd be great to know we're hot on their heels applying that extra fizz as well. So up the mighty was, if you're heading along tomorrow night, can't wait to see you out there. Wrap the rigs in some wires kit. Let's get nice and loud. Last regular season game at home. Like I said, and it could actually be if the NRL have their way, our last home game at Mount Smart, regardless of the club fighting tooth and nail to keep the great game there. So get out in numbers, make some noise, rip out some up the wires left, right and centre and hopefully be treated to the lads back and firing on all cylinders. They've all said they want to put in a huge team performance, an 80 minute one as well to silence the critics so go out there and get the job done boys and up the mighty was following that Dolphins taking on the Cowboys a rematch of this game from earlier on in the season I should mention as well Warriors pumped the Dragons about 10 rounds ago at Wynn Stadium so it's written in the stars but the Finns they actually got the dub over the Cows the last time these two took each other on fair to say they're in different positions now the Cowboys with plenty to play for they're in a three team shootout with the Roosters and the Rabbitohs so they gotta win this one to keep their finals hopes alive tough scenes for Jeremiah Nanai, he's been ruled out again another shoulder injury but good to see Hylam Luki, he is back in this football side, Murray Toalangi he is back out on the wing, tough scenes for Semi Valame who's been fully hard Valame since he joined this club scoring tries left, right and centre but unfortunately he's out for the Finns, the hammer, he comes back from a head knock at fullback which moves Cody Nikarima to 5'8 and Katoa to the reserves, Connolly Lemuelu and Kenny Bromwich they also return from head knocks to the Duffel bag is almost back to its full capacity and Wayne Bennett gets a few important bodies back out onto the field. The Finns, they won't be easy to beat at Suncorp, but I'll be tipping the cows to come over the top of them. Shit, that sounded a bit dodgy, but you get what I mean. And come away with the chocolate. Storm Titans, the first game of your triple header for your Super Saturday. And in great news, Ryan Pappenhausen listed in the reserves on an extended bench as he returns from that devastating knee injury. Almost about 18 months months ago now, be unreal to see Lil Puppy back, I think he will play and I wouldn't be surprised if Bellamy just puts him in that 14 role, brings him off the Rimu for around 20 to 30 minutes, eases him back in, uses him as a bit of an injection of energy when there's some tiring bodies out there, they're going to be stacked when he's back starting at full fitness with Nick Meany in the mixer as well. Good to see also Nelson Asafa Solomona get the start at lock. Josh King, he's ruled out. Alec McDonald, the new man on the bench. But they're starting to put the names 
Back on the rosters now, the Melbourne Storm sitting in fourth and looking every bit a genuine side. For the Titans, Kieran Foran, he comes back from that sternum injury to play in 5-8. Jaden Campbell, he's been ruled out with that dislocated knee, a nasty looking injury too, although notice NRL physio was quite optimistic that he might not miss that much time. Him and the sandwich, Phil Sammy, they're both on the sideline, so a couple tough blows there. Jojo Fafida back on the wing. Fuck it, footy time now for the Titans, though. Like I mentioned, they're one of those sides getting ready for a huge Mad Monday, so nothing to lose. They'll chuck the nut around and see if they can pull off one of the upsets. Throw a real cat amongst the pigeons for the Melbourne Storm. For the Roosters, they're taking on the Tigers, another side that'll throw caution to the wind. Chooks as well without James Tedesco, like I mentioned, but they do get a big in and young Sammy Walker who finally comes back first game since round nine and that drops one of the great battlers Drewy Hutchinson back to 18th man Joey Manu he'll take his spot at fullback where of course he is the golden boot winner Corey Allen comes into the centres I love a bloke rocking two first names Corey and Allen so keep an eye out on him he's also a great battler played plenty of co Jared Maria Hargraves he's back at prop as well so a big inclusion there for the lads from Bond for the Tigers, Uppy Cottesal goes back to hooker, David Clemmer named to start at prop but good chance Alex Twall will come in and start for him, the old switcheroo, mind games closer to kickoff, Tigers not a side I'd want to be playing at the moment, they're playing some decent code and they seem intent of messing up someone's run home, they almost did it to the Waz so the Chooks will have to be on high alert, certainly not a side to mess around with, Raiders Broncos live from Canberra and in huge news the Bronx they're going to be without their captain Adam Reynolds out with a car strain. I am hearing rumours this is a lot worse than what the Bronx are leading on about as well. I don't think he'll be back next week either. And if push comes to shove, he might miss that first game of finals footy as well, which as a Warriors fan, of course, I'm licking my lips at the prospect of that. Corey Oates, he comes back in, returns on the wing from that knee injury for what'll be his 200th NRL game, so congrats to him. For the Raiders, same 17 that took the field last week. Unfortunately, Jack Whiten, not named, but he is on the interchange bench, an extended one at that, alongside Sebastian Chris. So a couple lads there, genuine rugby league throbbers in with a sniff. I want to see Jackie Boy Whiten come back because if he is in there, then they are a small chance. I still think the Bronx will be too good, regardless of not having Adam Reynolds. Old Jockstrap Madden, he can play some code. Expect him to just direct them around the park, steer the ship, and then hot boy Reese Walsh to do his thing and rip and tear. Super Sunday, round us out. Doggies taking on the gulls. Two loser sides with nothing to play for, so we won't really bother. Could see the young man, though, the hooker, Gordon Chan Kum Tong, lace up in the 14 jersey. Watched him play last week for their cup side against the Waz. They pulled off the upset, and he had his hands all over that performance. One of the great names, too, Gordon Chan Kum Tong. He can come, young Gordon, and it looks like he's got a massive future in the game. Keep an eye on him. And then final game, and she's set to be a doozy as well. Knights taking on the Sharks in a Rugby League blockbuster. Sunday Arvo strapping, bit dusty, park up on the couch, Domino's, Coke Zero, whatever your poison of choice.
fifth versus seventh out there at McDonald Jones Stadium. Should be a doozy for the Knights. Good to see Jackson Hastings Napier back from that ankle injury, although Adam Clune did a more than commendable shift last weekend for the Sharkies. She's the same. 1-17, to 17. so both sides hot to trot to round out another hissing weekend of God's game. How good is it, rugby league fans? We're spoilt for spectacles. Up the mighty wars, two points, baby. Let's go and pump these dragons. Catch you out there at the home of rugby league, the Fortress. Go Media Stadium. 15-man code now and shit, there's plenty going down in the world of rugby. Some international games to wrap up and some big talking points coming from those. Plus I got the All Black side as always and we'll rip into some Bunnings Far Cup footy. We'll start with the international wrap last weekend. Wales C getting put to the sword by South Africa. 52 points to 16 in Cardiff. Crazy to see Khaleesi, their skipper, back out there on the paddock, running round, almost injury-free, four months past post an ACL injury. Piss test the bloke. He needs to go through the drug testing regime because that is the ultimate ligament lubrication right there. There should be a case study done on him. I've never seen a bloke come back quicker than that and look as bloody good as he did. So well done to him. He seems like one of the great blokes and an inspirational skipper as well. Bloody good footballer. Huge win for the Springboks. They get a bit of momentum rolling into this weekend's clash against the All Blacks. Touch on that soon. Ireland, they got up over England 29 points to 10 in Dublin. Billy Vunapola the big news there, he joins old Fazza in the naughty boy chair with Owen of course getting suspended for four weeks but only missing the first two pool games because the old suspension was backdated of course there's always loopholes when it comes to England so he'll miss Argentina and I think it was Georgia which is the second one. People saying oh they're giving him the suspension for the easy games. I tell you what, I think Argentina will tip up England in that first pool game. Interested to see the judiciary. They initially had him down for a six-week suspension, but they reduced it to four because he admitted guilt, and they said he seems like a good bloke as well. I'm paraphrasing that, but that is basically what they said. Clearly, I'm looking at a different fucking Owen Farrell because, to me, he's every bit of grub. He's got a bad history, a real track record. He tried to dispute the fact that he'd done it on purpose at the start. Then he's admitted guilt. Now he knows there could be something in it for him, but it is what it is. I'm glad he got suspended in the end, and I'm also glad George Moala's suspension got reduced from 10 weeks down to five. I still think five's a little much. They should have matched it with Owen. But again, at least George will be able to play in the later stages of the pool game for Tonga. So a bit of a win there. France in the other big international clash. Bet Fiji, 34 points to 17. The score here, though, it's slightly misleading. 24 to 17 to France with 60 minutes gone. So 20 to go. And the Fijians just down by a converted try. France then added 10 more points to blow it out a little at the end. But I'm telling you now, much like like that Argentina, England, I think Fiji will beat Wales. Game one of Pool C as well. So chuck that one on your bet slips. Maybe multi it up, of course, at the TAB, the home of Puntaneer in New Zealand. But on to this week we march. The international code continues to march on as we air ever so closer towards
towards the Rugby World Cup starting in two weekends time. All Blacks versus Springboks, that'll kick off your Super Saturday, 6.30am at Twickenham and don't clean out your eardrums, put away the cotton buds, that is correct, 6.30am Saturday morning, not your Sunday, so make sure you're up nice and early, pancakes, maybe even a cold one, start your Super Saturday off the right way. Last week I suggested resting a few rigs due to the thought that maybe we'd have an intermac type of injury, we could lose someone incredibly important right before the World Cup. Jason Ryan throughout the week, he said that we won't be doing that though, we'll be playing our strongest side available and by the look of the lineup, which of course I have here for you as always. So on to the 23 we march, your starting props, the usual duo, Ethan DeGroote in the 1, Lomax in the 3 and the 2, Dane Coles gets the start, DC, I have it on good authority, Cody Taylor out with a bit of a niggle, they're resting him this week, so that is a change worth noting, Scotty Barrett, he partners up with Sammy Whitelock, of course no Brody Retallick until they think the end of pool play, so this will be our premier locking duo, then in the Lucys, Luke Jacobson, Sam Kane, Adi Savia make up the trio, Aaron Smith, Richie Mawanga in the 9 and 10, Mark Talia and Will Jordan on the wings with Geordie Barrett, Enrico Ioani in the centres and Bowden Barrett at the back. I glossed over Frizzell there, not being in the six. Believe he's got a niggle as well on the bench. Samasoni Taukiaho to Mighty Williams, Fletcher Newell, Josh Lord, and Tupo Va'i. Also Dalton Papali'i, so it's 6-2 split there. Then to round her out, the two backs, Cami Roygaard and Anton Leonard-Brown. So an interesting lineup, 1-23. Those niggles aside, that is probably our strongest team. You love to see it. That back line. Aaron Smith, Mawanga, Talia, Barrett, Ioani, Jordan and Barrett. That is excitement galore. Good to see ALB get the nod in the 23 jersey as well. The versatility he brings to the midfield. You can then push Rico out onto the wing as well. We cover all bases there. Exciting stuff on attack and pretty defensively sound as well. Strong forward pack as you'd always expect from the All Blacks. Interesting to note, Jacobson over Dalton Papali'i. Maybe that is a bit of a nod to how things may play out if we are to suffer injuries for the box nine changes to the team that bet Wales last week they've gone out with a super strong side on paper as well Evan Etzebeth he comes back in to start Khaleesi Dutoy and Vermeulen they are their loose forwards Fafta Clerk comes back into the nine as well this is their premier team so they're also going for the dub hammer and tongs it's going to be a bloody physical game this one always no love lost between these two teams I'm actually nervous for it in that aspect but I'm also bloody keen to see us try and keep that momentum going that we've created in the rugby championship. We're playing an expansive, fast and dominant style of footy. It saw us go undefeated with physical, but also letting the ball fly, playing what's in front of us. And when we do that and execute, our skill set has been humming so far. When we're on, no team can go with us. So this would be a big scalp to claim here too. Bear in mind as well, we could easily play South Africa in a quarter final in a couple weeks time so to head into that game 2-0 against them this year that would be a massive psychological advantage and one that I am keen to have so get up the ABs and Fozzie, Ryan and Schmidt we trust and I'd love to see us you know 11-20 to 20 point win not asking for too much surely Twickenham she's set to be unreal scenes I believe it's sold out one of the most iconic rugby stadiums in world code and again a great test run for us 
class up against France opening day. That is also going to be a hissing atmosphere. So can't wait for this one. 6.30am Saturday morning. Sky Sport, of course, the home. The only place to watch your rugby. Should be a doozy. Your other interesting game, Sunday, England taking on Fiji, Ireland taking on Samoa, and then Monday morning, 3.35 a.m. kickoff, we have France taking on Aussie, who, of course, the big news of the week, they've been joined by Sir Steve Hansen for this week's build-up, and shit did this rock me when I saw the news. I genuinely thought it was fake that I was being wool-pulled there and someone had just done one of the great Photoshop jobs, but it turns out it's not. It's true, and he's gone and joined his old mate Eddie in the Aussie camp as an advisor for the build-up to this game. It's just for the one week, but for me, that's still not on. I reckon we stripped the knighthood off the bloke. The reaction of Dane Coles, that told enough of a tale for me. He couldn't believe his old mate Shag had gone and done the boys dirty. When you look at it, Dave Rennie, Robbie Deans, I can forgive that. They never could quite get a crack at the big job over here, but a back-to-back World Cup winning coach, a man who had the reins not long ago, the last coach before Fozzie, for him to turn his back on our great nation and get into bed with our biggest rivals and, to make it worse, that pest of a bloke and Uncle Eddie. That's just not acceptable. Reverse night him and we will move on. Hopefully the French towel them up and this is the end of that relationship. Then all will be forgiving. Rattling stuff though and I'm still coming to grips with it to be fair. Tough scenes. If anyone can save the Wallabies though, it probably is Sir Shag. And a lot of people saying this will be good for rugby. We need the Wallabies to be strong in order for the All Blacks to be strong. Rada rada. To that I say, up yours sincerely. I always want us to pump those losers from across the ditch when it comes to rugby. So hopefully the French, they can 30 plus them. Put the nail in the coffin before this thing really builds some momentum. And we get our ex-coach, one of the greats, back where he belongs. But course like I mentioned Bunnings Far Cup footy she continues to march on as well three rounds deep there by the time you're listening to this we had a shield challenge last night actually I'm recording this pre-game late in your Wednesday Arvo fingers crossed Tasman can get up that would be huge then Harbour would get to take them on on Sunday for the challenge they'll probably still be hung over really dusty so we could catch them napping Wellington though they were humming last weekend Tasman got dusted up by Northland we'll touch on that soon didn't see that result coming but hopefully the Marco can go the big lift nothing better than in the Bunnings Park Cup when the old logger would exchange his hands a little these smaller communities they froth it and no doubt the people from Nelson would really get around it. But of course, last Friday, start of round three, we had counties beating Bay of Plenty at home. A bit of a surprising result. Expect a bot to go up there and get the chocolates. It just goes to show, though, counties, they're not to be slept on this year. Etene Nanai Satoru playing in the 15 jersey. Holy shit, this kid can play. Of course, we see him for the Chiefs. Some of the best footwork in the comp. Did his time at New Zealand Sevens. People often forget as well, he was signed to the Warriors. Never played though. Backflipped in order to play the Sevens. Many were touting him then. We recruited him with raps that he was going to be the next RTS. When you talk to guys like SJ and Roger and you ask them who has some of the best steps, Etienne often comes up. A young him was whacking them in training, showing what he's got. So keep an eye on the kid. I'm not sure if ever make it through to the black jersey but he still has some big improvement in his game at super rugby level and at the Bunnings Far Cup he can absolutely tear teams to shreds. Super Saturday didn't quite go out how I'd planned. I mentioned Harbour last week we're going to pump Auckland. They were lacking mana 
full of stars on paper, but just no heart and ticker about them. Turns out I was completely wrong. They more than doubled the score of the Mighty Harbour Heat. 43 points to 21. The Battle of the Bridge, it went down. Unfortunately, the bridge remains property of Auckland. Too good for us on the day. Celesi Rayasi, he said Celesi, dotted down for a couple. Good to see the young fella from Takapuna, Daniel Morgan Putarangi, of course. Plays touch for the New Zealand men's team. Got some good feet on him. Rumours he's coming to Northcote as well. Just started that rumour myself, but North Harbour rugby people. Let's make that one spread like wildfire. Tough scenes for Harbour. Good to see Shooter back in the mix. Just lacking a bit of Raz at the moment. Really do miss your Mark Talia Tavita lead duo. Shit were they good on your stings and saying that though Cade Banks one of the great chase downs on old Celesi thought he was in home and hose for all money so still plenty of positives for Arbor they continue to bring the dog fight every week fingers crossed shield challenge on Sunday it's coming home the Loggerwood in Albany then Wellington they defended the Loggerwood against Southland 39 points to 17 Southland they certainly didn't make fools of themselves that scrum pushover try they pulled off late that was one of the great dominations of set piece I've ever seen. Mike Cron would have had a stiffy. He probably actually reached completion watching that. Huge shift from the Southland forward pack. And I tell you what, nothing a bloke from Invercargill loves more than a dominant scrum. Me oh my, they would have been getting around that one. Then we had Canterbury putting the turbos to the sword. 68 points to 26 as predicted. 94 points though at 80 minutes. Are you not entertained, Christchurch fans? Bloody good stuff. And speaking of are you not entertained, the boys, the Tanifa, the mighty Cody, Northland, getting up at home against Tasman. And she wasn't exactly a weak Tasman side either. Still had the Nikes of your Levi Amua, Tim Tavatava Nawai, Maka Springer, Noah Hotham, Anton Segna, Max Hicks, Quinton Strange. Those are all super rugby level players. Northland though, they just showed up, probably played their best game in the last couple years. Comprehensive victory. One name you need to circle, Hitamaya Murray, and he's actually Shooter's future brother-in-law, goes out with Shoot's sister, not saying they're going to get married, no pressure on the young couple, but hey, that could be in their future, so you could say it's in his genes, even though it's not, but you get what I mean by close relation. Bagged a double here, again to go with his double last week, if I was a side like the Highlanders, I'd be looking at him extremely closely, definitely looks ready to take the leap, and he could be an elite finisher at the super rugby level if you're looking for some raz someone that can score some points then look no further than Hiramaya Murray Super Sunday Hawks Bay got the dub by one Beesdick over Otago again mentioned last week and I keep saying that but shit it just goes to show I've been on a roll lately but they're four from four Hawks Bay but a points differential of only plus seven in total Canterbury for example they're three from three but a points differential of plus 78 and they've played a game less so Hawks Bay, they love the grind, squeaking home, keeping their fans right on the edge of their seats for the full 80. No doubt Sky Sport, grateful, keeps the viewership numbers high for the duration of the game. Then we had Waikato going down to Taranaki at home. I called this one as well. The Naki, they're too good. Stephen Pitafeta and co, they're a classy football side. They always go well at Bunnings Far Cup and I was so surprised to see them as outsiders. Some good money there. 
looking ahead to this weekend, of course, Manawatu take on Northland. That typically is a real salad dweller clash. Manawatu, they haven't won a game now in one and a bit years. Went last season winless, three games so far this year winless as well. They would have penciled this one in as a game to really get up for, although if Northland's shift last week, it could still be a task too far for them. Is in Buckethead territory though at Central Energy Stadium in Palmerston North, so get out there Turbo fans and ride them home. They'll be up for this. This is essentially their final. This in the Southland game. This is when they've got a bar up. Super Saturday, three games. Auckland, Hawks Bay, Taranaki Bay of Plenty and Otago Southland. The battle of the Highlanders region. Auckland, Hawks Bay, that'll be a good one. Taranaki Bay of Plenty, also a doozy. So two great games back to back there. Southland, they'll be looking to go the big lift. Both teams scrapping for their first win. I thought Southland had one for a reason. But of course they played out that famous draw with Northland and Golden Point. Then Super Sunday, Tasman North Harbour 205 kickoff. Fingers crossed that's a Ram Furley. Would love that. Head straight to the pub, Pat's Garage Park up. Enjoy a couple tins, a few spate summies or whatever as you drop a poison and rip into that game. North Harbour Jew, we are one of those sides winless unfortunately. Not playing the worst code though, just got to keep knocking at the door and eventually it will open. Canterbury-Wellington off the back of their storm week as well. Welly, so you'd think Canterbury too strong there. Waikato Counties, bit of a battle for that reason there. Winner claims Huntley, so plenty to play for. And then next Wednesday, Auckland versus Manawatu. It's Auckland and the Turbucks kick off their storm week. Tough times ahead. Shit, it must be tough on those bodies. And saying that though, more games during the week means you train less, which is always big fizz. Fuck holding the pads during the week. You just want to play code as a footballer so the players actually probably love it so plenty going on in the Bunnings Far Cup Taranaki Hawks Bay Canterbury and Wellington remain your undefeated teams Naki at the top followed by the Bay she's all go four rounds deep nine round competition before quarters semis and finals so blink and you'll miss her and there's been a lot of chat lately around the longevity of this competition few people as well have asked in the DMs what my thoughts are on it to be fair I'd rather see New Zealand rugby fuck off super rugby and just invest hard in the NPC. I think that is the goal long term. As soon as the South Africans left super rugby I thought the competition lost a bit of its validity and appeal. Now the Aussies they don't offer much apart from the Brumbies. They're the only half decent side going round over there so I reckon we pour all that cash into the NPC, get our All Blacks back into the provinces, move it forward to the same period in the season as the Super Rugby is in, get the Barretts back in Taranaki and in amongst these young lads coming straight out of school. The benefits for New Zealand rugby will be huge. Then you can also look to implement some kind of system where local talent has to stay in their province for say the first two to three years straight out of school if the union wants to keep them. That way you don't get these bigger unions coming in and poaching your local talent. But if a player doesn't get an offer from their union and gets one from outside, they're welcome to travel. That should even up the competition as well. And I think it would also get the crowds back, bums on seats, really play on that patriotism. I've always said outside of the All Blacks, NPC is the next level I'm most passionate about watching. So let's leverage off that and make the NPC our premier domestic competition. Shit, would that be good and up the mighty harbour heat.
Weekly wrap time now, and of course, the Women's Football World Cup, she's done and dusted. Spain rule, England draw. 1-0, she finished in the final. The Spanish coming away with the Chockeys. Turns out football is not coming home, even in the female code. Great stuff from the Spaniards, winning their first World Cup and doing so in pretty good fashion. They got pumped 4-0 in pool play by Japan, so a huge turnaround from them. And plenty of chat, all the players hate their coach as well. So massive, massive lift. Did see some bloke kiss one of the women's players on the lips from Spain during the old medal presentation ceremony that looked a bit awkward maybe a bit too far from him but is what it is whatever floats your boat and it didn't exactly look like she was complaining either so on the surface level looks like it was play on England though tail between their legs tough stuff and unfortunately Aussie they went down to Sweden in the third or fourth playoff so no fairy tale finish for the Tillies either but still what a tournament captured the hearts and the eyeballs of homes across both sides of the ditch. Record viewership numbers over there in Aussie. Our girls, the Football Ferns, pulling off that first ever win at a World Cup. Massive stuff. So fingers crossed women's football can kick off from here. Certainly has the ground layer now laid firmly. The foundations, you could say, cemented in. And now it's up to them to build and invest and turn her in to a bloody mansion. Great stuff there. Premier League up the mighty pool. A huge win for them. We're off the donut. First dub of the season. 3-1 domination of Bournemouth. See you later losers. Spurs speaking of losers. They got one up over Man United. The biggest losers in the comp. Love that. Man City. They won by a bee's dick over Newcastle. And shout out to all the Chelsea fans out there as well. Who got smoked by West Ham. 3-1 great gear that is game of the week this weekend actually on monday morning 3 30 a.m newcastle they host the pool strap in for that you'll never walk alone on to the ufc 292 of course went down on the weekend sugar sean o'malley got the win over aljermaine sterling via ko in the second round claimed the bantamweight strap i tell you what this bloke is connor 2.0 he can chat shit and boy can he hit an unreal right landed perfectly on aljermaine's draw dropped them like a bag of spuds and from there she was all over thought the ref probably stopped her a bit early but overall a great win for Sugar and then in other UFC news and it's sad to see Kaikata France of course Warriors wrestling coach one of the great New Zealanders certainly can Biff well above his weight unfortunately he's had to withdraw from Sydney that 293 card got knocked out in training over the weekend I know they were doing their spider on Sunday where they go 10 rounds against 10 different blokes they invited Willie Mason along to watch it he was talking about how fizzed he was to go so maybe that's where the concussion happened maybe Big Willie decided to back fence it Big Willie styles all inspired by watching Bunty and Adam do the same but a real bummer though in all seriousness could tell he was gutted when he made that apology video and no doubt he'll be looking for a fast recovery and to get back into the octagon soon a smart decision though to sit this one out you can't mess around with your brain so rest up horse next up in the weekly wrap FIBA World Cup kicks off on Friday of course the World Cup of basketball the tall blacks they have the toughest task first up taking on America Sunday morning 12 40 a.m a stack side for the Americans fully 
young bulls, not exactly the OGs used to seeing your LeBron and codes. It's more guys like Anthony Edwards, Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges, Jaron Jackson, Tyrese Halliburton and co. On paper, they should be way too good, but hopefully we can at least keep her reasonably tight. Anything within 40 would almost be a win for us. I think that's actually the line at the TAB for this one, so hopefully we can cover this American side though. These are the next lads coming through that next generation. They're all now signing 260 odd million dollar five-year rookie contract extension deals with their clubs. So they're going to be hot to trot and certainly hard to beat. Just the experience for our boys though. Taking on the US will be unreal. Ripping out a hiss and hucker in centre court. And then you got nothing to lose. You may as well give it a crack even if you get toweled up. She's still a cool tail. And shout out to friend of the show, Yanni Wetzel, who's lacing up, of course. In terms of the big names in this competition, Slovenia, they have Luca. He's a beast at international level, just like he is at the NBA. So he'll keep them in many games. Canada, for me, they're the second seed, stacked with top shelf talent. You've got your Nikhil Alexander Walker, RJ Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort, Kelly O'Linick, Dwight Powell, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who, of course, is their headline name. So full of NBA regular starters and minute players and they will be a threat to the US France interestingly they take on Canada on Saturday and they actually go into this game as favourites which I thought there's some good jam there for Canada but we'll touch on that tomorrow in the punting pod this French team though headlined by Rudy Gobert Nicolas Batum and Ivan Fournier outside of that though no real household names jump out at me so again overpay there get on the Canadians for the Aussies the Boomers good team Shocking team named the Boomers. Surely you got to mix that up in 2023. But they have NBL MVP Xavier Cooks, and he joins your NBA household names. You guys like Dyson Daniels, Dante Exum, Josh Giddy, Josh Green. Plenty of Joshes there. Joe Ingles, Patty Mills, and Matisse Thibault. Then, of course, the favourites, the U.S., Rolls-Royce side, Paolo Banquero, Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Halliburton, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Triple J, Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, the walking Tesla, Bobby Portis, and the great white hope, Austin Reeves. My predictions for this one, Canada in second, Aussie in third, and then either Slovenia or France in fourth. Should be a bloody good watch though. Then NFL, last week of preseason this week before round one gets underway, Friday the 8th of September. So fire up fans of watching them toss the pigskin. She's going to be an unreal season. I can see this one being closer than in the past. Plenty of teams made some great moves to really level up their rosters. So can't wait for that to start. And then finally, last but certainly not least, the Black Caps. What a shit show of a tour for them. Over in the UAE, they just wrapped her up, scraped through 2-1 in their 2020 series against the host. The fact we dropped a game to them... That is pretty embarrassing. I think they're 16th ranked in the world. But good to see the lads lift in the final game of the series. Right their wrongs and on they march. Next Thursday they kick off the Tour of England. We're playing four T20s for some reason before ripping into four one-dayers. So it's going to be a big trip for us. Great chance to test ourselves against the best of the best before we head into the Cricket World Cup in early October. We actually kick that off taking on England as well. So it really is the ultimate dress rehearsal and get up the caps.
Q&A time now. She's back this week. I remember to post it, so that's great stuff. First one comes through from Xavier, who says, Was to rest SJ next round with Tamaire Martin at seven. Look, that's every bit the possibility. Personally, I don't want them to, though. And Webby, he said all year he's a massive advocate and playing everyone that is available. He doesn't like resting. He likes keeping momentum and marching on. Also, interesting to note, playing Redcliffe at Suncorp, I believe. So it could be the great dress rehearsal for the week after if we are to go over to Brizzy to take on the Bronx. You could really iron everything out, treat it as the ultimate run through from the time you leave the hotel, where you stay, team run, all that type of shit, where you train and lay the platform for the ambush finals week one and saying that though if they did decide to rest SJ would be his first game missed would that hurt him on the daily end point something else to consider surely he's got it locked up but in the back of my mind I just know the Aussies will look for any excuse to rob us which makes me bloody nervous but if SJ's leg is sore Tamare Martin the perfect replacement kid is such a good footballer I think everyone forgets cause out of sight out of mind talented playmaker can play both of the halves can play the one defensively hits hard elite ball player can't wait to see him back out on the paddock on Saturday hopefully he gets through scot-free and puts in a decent shift your next one comes through from Michael Hill not sure if he is from that famous jeweler company or not but either way great to hear from your mate and he says Golden State Warriors should have kept Jordan Poole, interesting comment, of course Jordan Poole did win a ring there, he's been a great scorer for them off the bench, also got some starting minutes as well, it was clear though that beef with Draymond and his position in the team, I'm not sure if he did fit in and amongst that culture, they got Chris Paul back in return for them, pretty good and he was on a pretty big contract as well, so maybe it was that Draymond punch up at the start of the year which set the tone, no doubting though, Paul certainly is a real talent, I think he'll go good at the Wizards, where he'll kind of get the keys and free reign to jack up shots left, right and centre, kind of lost his way a bit last year in the playoffs, went cold and tried to do a bit too much, which you can't really do on a team with guys like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, two of the best shooters to ever lace them up, so look, agree, Paul, great talent, hopefully he kills it at the Wizards, it's going to be bloody interesting to watch, can't wait for the NBA to get underway, and like I said, Chris Paul on the Warriors how they use him is going to be incredibly interesting next one from Cully Kiwi and he says Rams or Coat mate that's not even a question up the mighty coat Jared Gibson says thoughts on Yako being the ref for the Rugby World Cup opener look didn't even touch on that so that is a great question there from you Jazza I love this I love Yako Piper being named as the ref for that All Blacks versus France opening game can't remember the time we last had him and suffered a loss I'll have a look at the stats here a quick google should lead me in that direction but I think he's a pretty fair ref I'd rather him than old mate Wayne Barnes especially at a world cup seeing that name next to our team as the man in the middle with the whistle just really does give me goosebumps and massive flashbacks especially taking on France jeez the thought of it alone gives me shivers and saying that just googled it now Yako Piper under him we've had 17 tests at an 88% win rate the All Blacks have a career win rate of 77% so that's actually better than normal 15 wins one draw just the one loss an average score of 31 to 15 so that could actually be a good exact score bet that one chuck it on and see if the law of averages comes into play so great appointment love it even more now we don't lose under Yako just the one loss from 17-0 
17 games. Never been more certain we're going to pump the French. Game one, set the tone. Allez le bleu, never. All Blacks forever. Let's go and get them. Next one, Taylor. And he says, Harbour Productions and can Sean Stevenson follow me? That second one is probably a question for the great man himself. Next time I see him, I'll put it to him. Hopefully after a Harbour win with the Shield, 55 vodka cruises deep. He'll be feeling joyful and he'll probably get around you. Harbour Productions said it plenty times. We're going to win this one. Then from there, I think we go undefeated. We defend the logger wood at the Dog Pound QBE Stadium, North Harbour. Bums on seats. There'll probably be about 20 people there in the crowd, but that doesn't matter. They'll be full of mana and ripping into the harbour chant for the full 80 minutes. I know you're a big advocate of that one too. One of the great chants in world rugby. Harbour. Just has a real ring to it. Rolls off the tongue. And if that doesn't get the blood pumping, then you need to check your pulse because there's something wrong with you. Your next one comes through from Kirihana Putu and he says, Does Rugby League have the most self-hating fans and journos in the game? And that is a great question. Probably does, to be fair. You watch NRL 360. It's an absolute shit show. The four of them, Braith, he's a good man. He's probably the one that actually deserves a spot. And without him, that show would be well and truly in the gutters but then you got Gordy and Laurie Daly almost biffing about what's the biggest sport you got Buzz just coming in shitting on everyone it really is a bitch fest and they certainly love turning on each other talking each other down Juno's versus players always one of the great rivalries so you'd have to think it's certainly a lot more than rugby the players and Juno's to be fair in league are a lot more outspoken and that Aussie media style is just so competitive over there they'll do anything for a headline good to see the players voicing their opinions Jerome Luai not afraid of letting them know where they stand in his books but you'd have to think right up there in terms of toxic relationships for sure in a way though just does add to the entertainment factor there's always something front page of the news breaking headlines that's what makes it the greatest game of all almost but really appreciate the question and it was a bloody good one at that your final comes through from Tim Gore and it's actually a photo of him in a Surly Talk Sports flap hat and he says how do I look and to that I say mate you look like sex on legs a true hot boy the Nico Hines of the Surly Talk Sports community that lid doing wonders for you you're wearing it with a high-vis t-shirt as well which even adds more impact love to see it good to see the flat hats getting good go as well cause summer fast approaching we sold out last year probably run it back with another batch of hats and tees the OG colorways before looking to diversify again a true summer kit essential Right, so that's us for another episode, Surly Talk Sport. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, as usual, a big up yours from me, and I'll catch you back here, same time, same place, tomorrow to chew the fat and talk all things punting, of course, on Surly Talks Punting. Brought to you by the TAB. Another huge weekend of sport ahead. The mighty Waz tomorrow night to kickstart us off in the right way. A 13-plus win, and we lock ourselves in the top four. Up the Waz. Shit, has that saying really taken off? Prince of Penrose, 250th. Tohu's 100th. A special night. Take your box of tissues. She's going to be emotional. Then you run that into an all-black 6.30 kickoff at Twickenham against the box. Bums on seat stuff. From woe to go. Should be a hissing weekend, so enjoy it. And if you're ripping in, go well as well. Have a couple cold ones on me. Treat yourself. You deserve it. How good? Go well. Catch you tomorrow. Big fizz.